Welcome to Bible and Stuff. My name's Tanner. And I'm Glenn. And this is a podcast about the Bible. And stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How's it going, Glenn? <laughs> it's going pretty good. Good, buddy. I'm uh, we're, I'm actually in the middle of... Have you ever heard of uh, Whole30? <laughs> I've ever heard of Whole30. Have you ever heard of Whole30? Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I have heard of the Whole30. That is kind of hard to say. Yeah, I don't know. I got braces now, too, and it's just like my tongue doesn't know where to... <laughs> I guess my tongue doesn't really get affected by my braces. I take that back. Um, <laughs> if it did, then your wife, the dentist, did something wrong. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Anyway, uh, so Julie and I are in the middle of doing Whole30, uh, which basically is like it cuts back. I, I don't want to say basically because I don't fully understand it. Julie like <laughs> has all the knowledge. I just do it. But it cuts out a bunch of sugars and... Uh, like your breads and, and all these different things to help you get back to a diet where you're not like consuming all these terrible things for your body. Um, but it's it's basically like a big cleanse. And at the end, um, you get to reintroduce stuff. And man, we're I think we're on like day five or six. And we've done some things like this before. And it's just like, it's so sad when we go to church and we see people eating donuts or like <laughs> my nephew's coming out pretty soon. It's going to be his birthday and we're not going to have cake like oh. he will. But um, but I don't know. I'm sure it'll get better by then. I, we're, we're finally starting to get to the point where it's like, OK, this isn't terrible. But yeah. So essentially you just you stop eating anything that's good. <laughs> <laughs> No, that is not true. Actually, this is kind of cool. There's there's a guy I work with, uh, Corey. You know him, too. Yeah. Um, he was talking about how he had uh, done it before or something. And when it came time to start reintroducing things, uh, he like had a candy bar or something. And he's like, wow, you can actually taste like the fakeness of this bar. Like it's not it's not um, organic or anything like that. But he's like, but I had a strawberry. And I was like, oh my gosh, this strawberry is amazing. And uh, it sounds ridiculous. But, what a hipster. But then he, made, <laughs> then he made a good point. And he was like, it, as much as this was a diet to get me healthy again, it was also a realization of like the things that God made in this planet mm-hmm. are so good. Yeah, I do remember when I did um, Atkins, which is you just take out carbs and all that stuff. Um, I do remember, like, when I did eat fruit, I was like, this is really good. And joke, I give me a bunch of heck about it, but most of the people I know that have done the Whole30, all they talk about is how good you feel while you're doing it because you're only eating, like, really clean foods and things like that. And I I just ain't got time for that. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we talking about today? Well, Tanner, today we are talking about worship. Okay, so, like, singing and stuff. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 the French is coming back. Sorry. No, so if you don't know, Tanner and I both serve on a worship team at our church. Yeah, um, one of us is better than the other. We won't say that. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. No, but uh, so what Tanner just said, like, oh, we're talking about singing and stuff. Yeah, that's not what we're... T- we're talking about that, but... It's part of it. But the the proper way... Uh, to do it oh the good singing yeah instead of the yeah. bad <laughs> <laughs> well not even bad singing we'll, we'll just get into this uh oh. yeah so today we're talking about worship and okay i think while i was getting ready and preparing for this i was thinking like oftentimes we think of worship as just going to church and singing but it's it's more than that 
Um, yeah. You know, t- today we're going to learn about what worship is, um, where it came from, and how we how we do it. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So, what is worship? We've said it's not just <laughs> singing. Um, what exactly is it? So, to give just kind of like a, a simple, basic definition to it, uh, I thought this guy did it best. Um, Wayne Grudem. He wrote the the, uh, the systematic yeah. theology book. Yeah, he's from Phoenix too. Did you? He know is. That? Yeah, he goes to um, Scottsdale Bible Scottsdale Church. Bible Church. Yeah. yeah, he's a baller. Uh, he actually defines worship uh, like this. He says, "Worship is the activity of glorifying God in His presence with our voices and hearts." Okay. Um, and I, I think it we'll kind of unpack it a little bit more and it may even go further than what he says there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that is a pretty solid jumping off, jumping point. off point. Yeah. Yeah. Not a boy. Grude. <laughs> Old Wayne. Grudy. <laughs> yeah. Wayne knows what's up. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, he, he totally mentioned singing in there and that is a part of worship. Like it, it we, we normally think of it in context of like a Sunday morning worship service. We sing with the band playing and, and that's worship. But in reality, and Wayne's kind of sets the stage here by saying it's glorifying God, not just with our voices, but in our hearts, um, worship goes way beyond that. And, and it kind of permeates our entire lives. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I could go to a, a Coldplay concert and, and sing along with them, but that's not me glorifying God per se. Yeah, and you also could be worshiping at a Coldplay concert. You know what I mean? That's true too, yeah. <laughs> at the same point, I mean, if, uh, you know. And we'll kind of dissect that too as, as we get further yeah. on. Like, how, how could you possibly worship at a Coldplay concert? It is possible if you're doing it in the right way, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, so uh, again, I think we, we often just have a misperception of, of what worship is. And also, like you were saying, you know, it, that it doesn't need to take place in a particular setting or place. We can worship anywhere mm-hmm. doing, um, doing many, many different things. Um, so, uh, Tanner, I, I'm sure you've, you've kind of had this point in your life or even like met people who are like this too, but... The other thing that sometimes we don't perceive the right way is that worship is also something that is meant for uh, for us. It's meant to make us feel good or like we're by singing we're bringing God to us. It's it's not about us. Like Wayne said it's it's the activity of glorifying God. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I emphasize fi in that <laughs> word. Um but yeah, yeah, too often I think we make it about us and and that's not what the purpose of worship is for. Yeah. It's looking at who God is and, and celebrating that. Um, yeah. It's not just ha- about having a warm, fuzzy feeling or, um, or how good the band did or anything like that. Yeah. So uh, to kind of jump into it, I, I guess um, I want to share uh, some scripture that I think just kind of gives a good view of what worship can look like, how mm-hmm. we could worship. Okay. Um, so First Chronicles, it's 16, uh, 23 through 31. So it says, Sing to the Lord all the earth, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens 
Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord the glory and the str- and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in splendor of holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. So I think that kind of does two things for us. It, it gives us a... Um, a good example of, of what that looks like, like what worshiping looks like, but it also kind of tells us why we should worship in a sense. Yeah. And, and like I said just a second ago, and, and something we talk a lot about at our church when we are talking about the singing part of worship, because like you said, we're both on uh, the worship team, um, is that it's very God-centered. It's very talking about God is this, God does that, God made this. Like It's very about Him, and it's not about us um so they're really focusing on the good well all the aspects of god are good but they're focusing on these big and mighty things about god and that's welling up in them wanting to worship him and celebrate him and love him right and i think and this is not discounting songs that are sung at other churches but we we are very intentional about making sure our songs are god-centric because we we don't want to sing a a song at church about what a good day it is and not mention God mm-hmm. because that that's great that we had a great day. That's a great cold play song. Like, yeah. you know, I, we, we could bring worship from it, but we intentionally want people to sing about the glory of God. Yeah. And so one thing I, I wanted to touch on that, that I think the scripture you chose actually showed really well is, um, the way we worship not through song, so some of the ways we can worship that have nothing to do with music are about showing those characteristics of God through what we do. Mm-hmm. So there's a quote, it's often attributed to Luther, and he said something really similar, but uh, it's not word for word, but the quote's good nonetheless. Um, and he says that the way a cobbler worships God in his work is not by making shoes with little crosses on them the way a cobbler worships god is by making good shoes so the way we can worship god in our everyday lives is by living in a way that's worthy of god living in a way that shows other people that god's loving or god's gracious or god is good um and and reflecting that with our actions even that example you gave of the cobbler like our our jobs like what we do at work um God gave us the skills to do those things mm-hmm. and being good stewards of those skills is worship to God because it's, it's us saying like, I trust that you gave me these skills and I want to do the best that I can with them to bring glory to your name. Yeah. And even though our jobs have nothing to do with the Bible or worship or, um, you know, God in and of themselves, like we don't work at a church or anything like that full time. Um, we can still worship God in that setting. We can still bring glory to God through what we're doing. And it's not by stamping Jesus on everything we do or having a Bible verse in our email signature. It's just through doing a good job and being not being kind to our coworkers and being loving towards the people that we're around. So where someone else might be greedy or cheat or do whatever they can to get ahead, we wouldn't do that. We would 
well, I mean, we, we're we sinners. We might screw up, but like the way we would be worshiping God is by honoring him in what we yeah. do and, and living in a way that people can see that. Yeah, and just to kind of continue on with this idea of like ways that we can worship God outside of just singing, um, and Tanner's point like that he just made comes up with almost every one of these. So prayer is another way that we can worship God. Yeah. Um, both corporately and privately. Um, the way that we pray, um, you know, I, I think sometimes people think prayer is just like, oh, let's just, let's pass on good thoughts to, you know, somebody who's not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I even hear that at, at schools sometimes. You'll say like, uh, yeah, let's take a moment of silence uh, just just to think about that person. Yeah. Uh, instead it's, of saying it's like, like saying thoughts and prayers as yeah. if those are the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah. So intentionally taking that time to pray to God and, and, you know, thank him for the things that he's done for us. And, and yes, still pray for people who are in need, but recognizing that, that God is all powerful and there is power in prayer. Uh, that alone is worship. So kind of in the same vein, like another thing we can do to worship is just reading the Bible. Um, that's a great way to worship God and see these truths about him that we read in Scripture. And as a Christian, knowing uh, what God has done for us and provided for us in Jesus, like that wells up in us the want to worship. Like uh, we're going to talk about this more in a second, I know, but... Um, it just you feel it in your in your gut in your heart like you you want to praise God because of who He is and what He's done, um, and so reading Scripture not just um, like I think that I think it's worshipful in and of itself, but the things that that leads to also generate worship in our hearts. Yeah, I guess just one. I mean, there are there are tons and tons of different ways that we can show this, but uh, I also wanted to show just things that maybe we wouldn't commonly think of as worship. So uh, the act of tithing, like okay. I think most people, most people grunt and groan at, at hearing that word, but that is also an act of worship because we're, we're saying, God, I, I trust you with my money. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm giving this to you uh, so that, you know, y- you would have your will with it. And, and ultimately we're saying, God, you're in control. And that that is a sense of, of glorifying God. Um, it's a it's a mark to show like, Jesus, I trust you with this. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the verse says, um, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, generally when I, when I hear people preach on tithing, one of the things they say, and I think it's a good point, is if you want to know where someone's heart is, just look at their bank account. Um, so if you want to see what someone's really worshiping, and that's kind of something we, we've kind of uh, glossed over so far, but we all worship. Even if you're not a Christian, you're worshiping. You're just not worshiping God. Yeah. Like We are made to be worshipers. worshipers. We're going to find joy or identity in something, whether that's money or power or a whole slew of other things. Um it could even be in religion. You could not be truly saved and find your worth in and worship being a good person. You know what I mean? Looking very pious or or good. But 
one of the ways you can quickly find out what you do worship is saying, where do I spend my money? Like, what what am I trying to get? Or what am I, is it is it that fancy new car that I don't really need but I want? Or, um, you know, the, it just trace that down and see where are you breaking your budget um, because your identity is tied up in that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, we totally make idols out of things all the time. I mean, it it's... It's so weird because I think uh, I think we get caught as Christians. We get caught in this um, in this predicament where we know that God is sovereign and great and good, and He created all things, and He's worthy of worship. Mm-hmm. Yet we, we find ourselves we still find ourselves caught up in other things. Um, uh, like TV shows, I think, or or celebrities in general, we we worship and and make them idols when God is right there, like so holy and so perfect, and he's he's done all these things for us, so much better than the so things. much better, yeah. But we still take it for granted and and put our focus on these other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even even simple things like our wives or our children, like if we are not careful we can make our entire lives about those things and they're good things generally an idol is something that is a good thing that we've made a god thing so that we've started to worship in and of itself and instead of looking at that as a gift from god we start to look at that thing as a god so yeah we're gonna worship no matter what and even for christians exactly like you're saying it's easy for us to forget to rid our lives of these idols and focus on God because there's so many other things to distract us and that we easily get tied up in. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about, well, why is it that we worship? We know how, um, and we do it, but what what's the point of it? Hey guys, uh, we just wanted to reach out to you and tell you about this awesome resource that we know about called audible.com. Um, we actually have a way that you can support us and get a little bit of a, a gift out of this. If you go to bibleandstuff.com audible, you have the chance to actually go to audible and receive two free audio books uh, that you can listen to at your pleasure on your way to work or while you're at home. And Tanner actually has a book that he thinks kind of lines up with what we've been talking about today. Yeah, so today I would recommend that you pick up How to Worship a King by Zach Neese. The subtitle is Prepare Your Heart, Prepare Your World, Prepare the Way. It's essentially talking about one of the main points we touched on today, Glenn, which is how to worship God. And when you go through our special link, uh, bibleandstuff.com slash audible, you actually get two free audiobooks with your trial, and we highly suggest you pick this one up. So once again, go to bibleandstuff.com slash audible and start your free trial today.
All right, Glenn. So before we left, we talked about what worship is and how we worship and and how we're made to be worshipers, regardless of whether we actually worship God or not. So um, presuming now that we're talking to Christians, um, why do we worship? What's the point? Why is worship a thing? Yeah, no, and that's, I, I think this is where uh, the nuts and bolts come down to it. And if we have a good understanding on why we worship, that really formulates the, the rest of everything that we've talked about. Um, yeah. Uh, what worship is to us and, and how we do it is all dependent upon this. So ultimately, we worship God for many reasons. I mean, he's he's given us enough reasons, but the ultimate reason, at least the way that I see it and... um it's been taught to me is that we worship him because he is our creator and he's sovereign. Yeah. Um, he created the world and he did it to declare his glory. So Colossians one sixteen, um, is just straightforward with it. It says for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And I think, the the key there is the fact that it was for him. God yeah. didn't create this earth for us. Mm-hmm. It was it was made for him for his glory to show just how grand he is. And it, I think sometimes we we hear that and we think, man, God is so vain. But no, he's perfect. Like he has the right to be able to expect and. Um, and create a world for his glory. Yeah. I think the old catechism answer is the chief end of man is to glorify God. That's what we were made for. Um, and the thing is, like, we're going to glorify God whether we are sinful and God has to get glory out of our punishment or eternal damnation, which obviously is not the end goal. But he also gets glory, and I would say more glory, out of our redemption and, and being mm-hmm. brought towards him. John Piper would say, um, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. So God's end goal is glory. And that's not to say that God is some megalomaniac. Like his glory is for our good. So the more like he gets, like I said, he gets more glory out of us being redeemed and, mm-hmm. and saved and, um, being satisfied in our creator. So him being for his glory is actually also good for us. So worship both gives glory to God and is good for us who do it. Yeah. Which, and and that shouldn't be the mindset we have. Like, well, I'm sorry. We should have that mindset that first it's for God, Mm -hmm. but there is a reaction to it um, that is pleasing to us, but it shouldn't be, it should never be the other way around. Yeah. It should never be, this is for us, and it's pleasing to God. Yeah. Um, and I think, so our worship team, another thing that we're not only intentional about lyrics, but we also are, are different from a lot of other churches where we put the bulk of our, our songs at the end of service. And we do that because our <laughs> pastor gets up to, uh, to read scripture to give his message, the sermon, and then we sing because we have we have a reason to sing. You know, through the scripture, we've seen the amazing things that God can do and and has done 
and that that prompts us to want to sing. Yeah, and the ultimate reason um, is the gospel. I mean, so every sermon Cody preaches or any of the other pastors in our in our church network, like it's it's ultimately the same sermon every week. It's coming out of a different passage from a different uh, angle, but it's all about the gospel. It's all about God, um, the creator of all things, all powerful, all knowing, all good, sending his son for us. And so that is what wells up this worship in us. Jesus says in the New Testament, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And so that goes back to us worshiping, not just in song, but worshiping in action. And we're doing that, he says, because we love him. So why do we worship? What's the point of this? It's because we love him. And we love him because he first loved us, which is also in the Bible. So it's it, it sounds complicated, but it's it's obviously not. Like God has done something great for us, and so we respond with gratitude and worship and love, and um, ultimately, like we said, that has a good positive effect on yeah. us as well. I'm concerned as we're going through this that I'm making my job more difficult as worship leader. I'm going to oversee <laughs> missions and stuff now. And... <laughs> yeah, you are all encompassing, Glenn. <laughs> So I think we've gotten to the point where we we do have a full understanding of why we worship. Um, God, again, gives us many reasons to worship. Uh, just the fact that we can wake up every morning and, and have another day on this earth to, to, to celebrate with people what he's done for us is, is more than enough. Um, but like we said, ultimately, it's because he's our, our creator uh, and he created us to worship him. That mm-hmm. was his intent. Yeah, and the rest of that story is that God created us. We screwed it up. <laughs> he had a redemptive plan through Jesus, and people get saved. And those people go to heaven to worship. <laughs> yeah. And we see these pictures of heaven painted of people worshiping God for eternity. And it's not just sitting there playing the harp for the rest of your life, but it, it is that like every moment is to glorify him and worship him and love him for what he's done for us um and so this life is like training for that i mean if if you don't enjoy worshiping now heaven's gonna probably stink (laughs) (laughs) well actually i thought it was funny i can't remember who it was but somebody had said one time they're like yeah i don't know man if if heaven is just constant worship of god like I don't think I could sing how he loves for the rest of my life. And <laughs> That's funny. And that is not what it is. I mean, we've, we've shown here uh, throughout this, this podcast that worship is more than just singing. Um, and, and like Tanner was, was saying, it's, heaven will be a constant glorification of God. Um, and I'm already tired of singing how he loves. <laughs> <laughs> the meaning is great. The song is a little old. <laughs> I get, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But I, I also think about I, we're getting a little off topic, but that's okay. We've we've kind of come to the end of this. The idea that in heaven, there's no way we're gonna get bored. Like our our understanding of God is gonna be complete finally, and and God doesn't get bored of himself. So how could we get how could we get bored of God? I'm not even sure it will be complete. 
I think that'll be part of the joy of heaven is being able to constantly learn more about God and that the that he's unsearchable. He's so large and big. Um, like, I, I think we'll know so much more right off the bat because uh, you, um, that's probably the better way to say it. <laughs> yeah. You have that, you have that story in the Bible that I've always thought is super interesting of, uh, Jesus appearing to those guys on the road and telling them everything. Essentially, it's like, oh man, I wish I could hear that. <laughs> like, there will definitely be that, and we'll have newfound appreciation for what we experienced here on this earth. But we'll also be able to look at God and like continually find out new things that generate and and stir up in us this worship and love for Him, um, because He is so vast. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think it ever will get boring. I think we'll continue to um enjoy it forever and ever yeah well guys um we've we've kind of wrapped up our our main thoughts and ideas here uh but we do have it's kind of a little bit of a lightning round i just had a couple fun facts uh or stories that i thought would be cool to share that that go along with this good let's hit it i we we, we've been needing a good lightning round for a while now (laughs) So uh, the first one I have is the first time that the word worship is used in the Bible is in Genesis 22, 5, when God asks Abraham to sacrifice his son. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So pretty intense right off the bat. That's awesome. Um, Now, that's not to say this is the first time we see worship take place in the Bible, just to clarify, but this is the first time that we see the word worship um, in the Bible. Um, And... It's basically Abraham is taking his son up to the top of this mountain and God has has asked him to sacrifice his son and Abraham is going up and doing it because he trusts God. He he believes in in God's work and and what he's doing and so Abraham is about to sacrifice his son as an act of worship. Luckily, spoiler alert, <laughs> God stops in the last minute. Um but it's just proof that Abraham was ultimately worshiping God because he was trusting in him and, and glorifying him in that. Yeah. Um, I think this next one's great cause it, it points out kind of the thing, like anything can be worship almost. Um, and it's about the story in Luke seven thirty six through 50. And it's one of the more unique, um, acts of worship yeah. in the Bible. And it's, uh, where the woman comes and brings this really expensive bottle of perfume and, and pours it on Jesus's feet and like is washing it with her hair. And, um, obviously the Pharisee in that story is like, seriously, did you just waste that. Like that could have been sold to feed the poor. And Jesus was, looks at him. Well, Jesus is like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's that's the kind of the posture that we should come to Christ with. That we just like we almost don't know what to do with ourselves. Like we have such a gratitude towards Him, and this woman was just very genuine and um, loving in the way that she worshipped Him in that act. Awesome. Well, that that kind of wraps up our our thoughts on worship for today. Um, obviously, there there is a lot more to worship than what we've talked about. Uh, this is just kind of a basic understanding of worship. And honestly, through a lot of the podcasts that we'll be doing in the future, and maybe even some that we've done in the past, you'll see worship um, in a lot of the things that we um, hear maybe the heroes of the age talking about, or um, some of the acts in scripture that we see. So 
again, this is just a, a, a basis for worship and, and for us to, to begin our knowledge on it. Yeah, and as we wrap up here today, guys, we always encourage you, um, if you have any questions or maybe even corrections of something we've said, or you have another topic you'd love to hear us do an episode on, reach out to us at hello at bibleandstuff.com. You can also find us on social media at Facebook or Twitter. Both of those are slash Bible and stuff. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining in again. And as Tanner was saying, we love it that you guys listen and we love the community that you guys build. So definitely reach out to us um, and we would love to hear what you have to say. All right, guys, we'll see you later.